1: This is The View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 9th of October, 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. Big, big thanks to Davy, Joel and Simon last week of taking over the podcast. And, uh, very short notice. It's greatly appreciated. I love listening to the podcast when I'm not on it. It sounds a hell of a lot better. and It's a very entertaining show. I really enjoyed listening to you boys last week. Um, but we have an entertaining show coming up ahead. The Belfast Giants, hmm, they've had an interesting week. Um, there are quite a few talking points that have been highlighted, not just as we were putting together the agenda, but right through the week and you look on Twitter, there's a few things I think we need to discuss while we're here. Um, on this show we'll also be chatting with Liam Reddick. he'll be answering your TFA questions. We'll hear from Kevin Ryan, Adam Keefe and in the press conference for the CHL game we'll hear from the Lulio coach Thomas Berglund, but first of all, the man who was in this driving seat last week, Mr. David McGimsey you did a fine job. Bravo sir. I will
2: thank you very kindly for your, I'll take the pats on the back as I told you earlier on, but I'm really, really glad to, to have you back. You're much, much better. That's, even today, we received our three-page agenda, detailed agenda, last week. <laughs> Hard to believe we did it on the fly, but we did it on the fly. <laughs> Completely no agenda and stuff, and it shows, you know, you're, you're second to none uh, around the podcast I mean, scene honestly? when it come to, comes to hosting. Well, I don't, to be fair, I'm a bit like Sam I don't listen to any other ones. I just take what other people say.
1: <laughs> so um,
2: people say you're great at this, and, and I agree, so... Thanks for the kudos, but I'm glad to have you back.
1: Mate, with all this patting ourselves on the back, we'll we'll seem like Cardiff Devils fans. Um, We should give ourselves an award. We should. (laughs) We should. Mr. Joel Neal, how are you? Good evening, Paddy. Welcome back, mate. Just just to give a bit of an insight, we usually just have a bit of a WhatsApp group, as you can imagine, and then a few minutes before the podcast, everybody ready to go. It's nine o'clock at night, and Joel Neal says, I'm making A coffee? A coffee? Mate, I'll be up to 6am if I have a coffee at 9 o'clock.
3: I'll give you a live set here, Hold on.
1: <laughs> so I'm on the decaf. Oh yeah! It's,
3: it's, it's the de- good stuff. It's decaf tea here. Listen, I'm running around like a blue arse fly this week. If I don't drink this coffee right now, I'm asleep at this point, man. It's for the greater good. <laughs> I, will, I will have a sleepless night for the cause. That's how much I love you, boys.
1: Before we get stuck into the three games that we placed in the last seven days, bit of an update. Uh, we, the lads so pushed it in before the, the, fanta- get my words out, the fantastic... Uh, push on the on the bleed teal one hundred hashtag bleed teal one hundred and the phonocab putting the ten pounds per pint. We were getting some great responses, Davy, and it's it's something we're going to push weekend. We week got
2: yeah, we really must um, get that little graphic done. We'll start to list up the people that are are sending their bleed teals and don't forget to take your, take your take your picture when you go for the um, the blood donation and uh, throw it in with your hashtag bleed teal. So we can get you on the list to make sure that we get the donation off very generously off William McCausland there and his partners at Funocab and uh, at Blood Transfusion Service, of course, get that tenor. they get your blood and you get on that hot list for a, for a pint. I've said to other hockey fans around the UK, if you want to do it, you're not Northern Ireland, do it anyway. We will set you up. I'm not going to say we'll buy you a beer in bunkers or whatever, but we'll bring a slab with us <laughs> and we'll throw you a can of Heineken or something outside the arena on the, on the Saturday at the playoff. So get involved if you're if you're a follower of another team from around the league or if you're a Giants fan based over, some people call it the mainland. Of course, Joe is the only know. person on the
3: mainland, aren't you? Of course, mate. God's country Come and you live. So
2: yeah, I love love the support that's coming so far, and and everyone that's getting involved. It's, it's really appreciated.
3: Yep. Can we just give a shout out to uh, Steve Key, the Pirates' dad, Andy, who actually printed off his own of View from the Bridge" prop
1: for his photo. That's <laughs> the energy I love to see, mate. That's what we like. Andy, the Pirates' dad. Is that is that what he's referred to? No, brilliant. We'd like Andy <laughs> through, Sarah. I know we've had a few come through, and it's it all goes. You know, it all counts. Not only is giving that blood helping three people, uh, it's also ten pounds donated to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service. And it's you know this is something we're going to be pestering you about all season long. So just take the time, get yourself down there, give a pint of blood, and like I say, not only not only are you helping the actual charity, but you are also helping three people at the same time and I just want to add quickly before we move on to the games I know you guys spoke about it last week I want to add my well congratulations fantastic stuff to Dylan Caggy I thought when that when the news came through uh absolutely chuffed for the lads so uh yeah. just out of my voice to you boys which you had uh you had um last week
2: yeah, I just great. wanted to do a little shout out Go as it is, to Dylan. Um, i seen his mum put on earlier on there about how well he's doing and he, yeah, he is looking really well. Um, he obviously, he's still in hospital and, that, and I sent him a little message there saying that uh, we've got something for him to do in the, in the coming weeks on the podcast. um, I'll discuss that with you and ask your... That's one of those, ask for permission, or ask for blessing, rather than right. permission, whatever. Ask for forgiveness, rather permission. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you'd get there. Like <laughs> there you can either... Paddy, Paddy can edit or not. Um, stay in. That'll stay in. Our get Let's get stuck in, boys. You've got three games. Um, but, yes, good luck, yeah. to, good luck, Dylan.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Right, three games to cover. Uh, let's start off with the Elite League game and the win. The Belfast Giants took on the Guildford Flames on Friday night and took away a 2-1 victory. Giants goals come from Hamilton and Lake. The Flames goal on a 5-on-3 come from Jesse Craig. Uh, shots on goal, Owen faced 27 saves and Fullerton 29 saves. Your refs were Andy Dalton and Liam Sewell. And the only guy missing for the Giants was Jesse Forsberg. Uh, Davey, I'll start with you. It was a strong home performance. Yeah, a, a bit of a, a game of three halves. Do you want to
2: call it that? You know, um game of three periods, very, very cliche, but it was three very different periods for me. You know, I thought we started really well in that first period. We got in, in and around the, the Guilford net. We got our goals. I think the second period was, was a little bit samey from both teams. And, and then the third period, you know, from calling nothing. And, and I remember distinctly in the first period, I think it's Reddick's going into the paint It's a massive cross-check in the back. Nothing called. And Shane Johnson and Ciz on commentary have said, you know, this is now starting to get the borderline between the refs are leaving the players to sort it themselves, which is fine as well. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that too. But then in the 10 minutes to go in the third period, after getting all the kudos <laughs> from says and Johnny about how good a game it called, they started calling everything in that last 10 minutes. Yeah. And Guilford got that goal back. Uh, I think there's maybe five, four or five minutes left on the clock at that. And that was then, it was proper squeaky bum time there then for the last you know few minutes, through everything at us. Ozie comes up with a couple of big saves um, that were really well-timed. You know, you've know, you got people like Gary throwing his body about there towards the end and we know he's made a glass, so that's, that's dangerous stuff. So, you know, as far as it goes, Pretty decent. there's a 2-1 game. I'm sure you've got that somewhere, Paddy. Um, it's a 2-1 game. We're playing great. <laughs> <laughs> That's but a second you. there. Um, He's back. It's, um, it was a professional enough performance. We blocked shots where we had to. We got shots away. You know, um, we'll probably come on to Dundee. Obviously, yep. we will further on the show. I've got a little bit more to say about that. But in terms of a home
1: performance, it was job done. Joel, the Guilford Flames are a good side um fast facing forward is what i've written on the agenda they they they're going to come at a lot of teams and and that's exactly what the jazz faced
3: not the first time we have been taken uh right to the end by the Guildford Flames. Yeah, look, I don't know, I've, I've spoken about this on a, on a couple of platforms now, but the interview with Paul Dixon last week was just really telling about that team, you know, his his kind of low turnover ethos in, in a league with traditionally high player turnover. and I think it's starting to pay off for him, you know. He, he brought in two D-men, two forwards and obviously the new goaltender um, who who didn't travel at the weekend there. Um, but apart from that, you're looking at last year's team and they are good. Like um, David mentioned that kind of slump in the middle period there. I think both teams were a little gas from a frantic first, but all in all, that was an entertaining game of hockey for a neutral. Um, We were having a a chat up in in the kind of box where we sit and and write reports and stuff just about how those tight, low-scoring games can be much more kind of gripping than the old-school kind of goal fests we used to see in this league, but um, sadly, I wasn't a neutral, so it was a bit angsty, especially in the third period there. Um, I I sort of had two guys circled from this game, if you don't mind. Uh, First of all, Ben Lake. For my money... For what that's worth, nobody on our team is working harder than Ben Lake right now. I cannot get enough of watching that guy play. You've got guys who are pulling the team along by the bootstraps. You've got guys like Liam Morgan with a a really high hockey IQ. He reads the game really well. He knows where to be. He knows where he's going to find chances. But nobody is just rolling their sleeves up and getting their head down and grafting like Laker right now. I don't know if you've seen his face lately, and I'm not talking about the moustache. His face... Oh, it's a, it's a great, Ash. Uh Long may it rain, but um, his face No, is no, not
1: complete... rain, Lake.
3: <laughs> Welcome no, back, man. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, his face has been I ran out of coffee or I would have done another live sip there. Uh, it's a total mess. He got into one uh, in the crease there at the end of, of the Guilford game, and I think he took uh, a stick blade to the face later on, then on Tuesday in the Lalea game. He's just just effortless. Effort, sorry, not effortlessly, effort, effort, effort every single night, going to the dirty areas, playing the dirty game to try and come up with a puck or come up with a chance. And those are the guys that are going to carry this Giants team on the road whenever that comes good. Um, but I, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Just lastly, on that point, there was a defeat that night at the Guilford game. Uh, Jordan Riley in the last period with an empty net. That's D-man Jordan Riley making a double save with his legs. Cost me a four-fold bet. Another goal, and Giants under 1.5 would have come up.
1: Got it. <laughs> uh, two, two league points in the bag. Um, I'm going to move on because there's obviously a lot more to talk about, probably from the Dundee game and from the Lily game. It's a 2-1 game. We're playing great. It absolutely was, Doug. And the highlights of that are from Giants TV. On to that game in Dundee in the Challenge Cup. A 4 3 defeat at the hands of Omar Pashis, on the Stars side. Goals to the Giants come from Dupree, Lake, and Hamilton. Goals to the Stars come from Dufour, Spears, and two from Kroger, including the game winning goal at 58 Two shots on goal, Leclerc, 32 shots on goal, Owen faced 28 shots on goal, and the referees were the best referee from the North East, I know that because his mum told me, Steve Brown, <laughs> and a man who now seems to be a referee, having formerly been an announcer at the Belfast Giants, and once mugged off by our very own David McGimsey, Robin Elliott, uh, missing... <laughs> Jesse Forber- sure. Jesse Forsberg still out of the side. Uh, Joshua, Tell the story. Tell the story. Come on. Uh, of Robert Elliot, I'm sure I've got yeah. the video. I'm sure i got the video somewhere. But he was handing out. Was it shirts, David? Was it game warns?
2: Back uh, it was, it was the back then Joel, When you know used to do the handshake and then rub the hand through the hair. Remember that one?
1: Uh huh. So I'd want a shirt. I'd want a shirt off their
2: back, and they were presenting <laughs> them on like the stage where the G crew used to. <laughs> <laughs> dropping Bam all the, the old school banking. references here. And they were all they were all on the um
1: is the G crew still not a thing? No, uh, there's tea cheerleaders no. in it. They've got an official name. All
2: right, okay. Um and all the boys were on the um on the bridge, so it was kinda of playing to the cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So it, it was. I'm sure. I'm going to go hunting for that video and stick it on Twitter. It was basically Davy with his hat. It's a it's a pixely old 3GP sort of thing, done on a Recorded
3: Samsung on flip a phone. <laughs> a
1: Samsung flip flip phone, but uh, Davy his hand out, and Robert Alley goes, "Oh hello," puts his hand out. Davy just puts the hand through the head. <laughs> it's
3: yeah. lucky that hair come back out. with what I Probably half a litre of braille cream wet look in it. <laughs> no, doubt. it was, no, no, it was, it, was, it was
2: the early 2000s, mate. What can I say? <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't afford a 2 pounds pnr McDonald's, mate. You know, couldn't
1: afford any product <laughs> yeah. back then. Uh, bit of shorting, bit of Formula <laughs> 3 something. We digress. <laughs> we, we digress. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Back to the hockey. Do you know back what? <laughs> Unfortunately, from this happiness, let's go back to the hockey. Uh, yeah, missing the <laughs> gate still was Jesse But Joe, start with you. Cat and mouse game in which the Giants held in the ascendancy for most of it until the very end.
3: Yeah, uh, as is the case, whenever we don't do what we're supposed to do, you need to look no further than the head coach's interview. Uh, Adam Keefe said it himself, to be 3-2 up in the third and to lose that game uh, is just unacceptable. Uh, two of his quotes that I scribbled down after after watching it, lacking in passion, lacking in character and not in good enough shape. I mean, those are damning words. And In a way, I said this before, they give me comfort because he's the guy driving the ship. You know what I mean? You try to not pull your weight on an Adam Keefe hockey team. Um, there, I mean, and I could point. We could all point to numerous points in the, in the game when it wasn't good enough. De goal, Dundee's first. Uh, we were caught totally static in the neutral zone. You know, those guys, the the end of the zone with ease. Curtis Leonard does all he can to come up the slot and cover the kind of two on one, the odd man rush, but there's just no hustle from us. Split open like a coconut, and and their their final goal was much the same. We had we had bodies in the zone at least. But it's just a high sauce from kind of the, the right of the blue line towards goal with a decent screen and a tip. There's no fight back. There's no. There's nobody trying to clear the crease or nobody trying to get physical or up in anybody's face. That was just the story of the game. But um, I don't know. Look, I, I have... <laughs> it might surprise you, but I have an a optimistic, positive take on this. Not to get two spins oh, on. Oh, baby. But... you've got such a new team here Uh, you know you hear in in post-game interviews the guys say we stopped skating for a bit there we watched the game a little bit too much I feel that that largely new group were thrust into European games that's pre-season and then the CHL and I think they're still finding the lay of the land to a degree domestically Uh, teams-style buildings, ice size, I think they're still feeling it out like a little bit, just what it takes to be a championship contender in this league. When I look those guys in the eye post-game, I still think that we are. You can still see the fire. There are guys that, I'll be honest, there are guys that are holding back in post-game interviews. There, there definitely is more frustration there than what they're saying. And they're being professional and they're doing their job, and I respect that. But I think that there is... a uh, there's a, a will in that room to to turn this around and to come good, and and I really genuinely think we do. Look at how last season started versus how it ended.
1: I'm going to dig more into that in a short time, Davy. Reflection on the game itself, you know, the opportunities were certainly there, and as Joe said and pointed out by Adam Keefe, to be three-two up in the final and to lose it four-three when we so badly need that win in the road in the cup, just just frustrating. Yeah, you know, I actually thought. We, well, I didn't think at all we did. We started
2: the game pretty well. We got that lead. You know, when you're 3 2 up away from home with, with let's say, minutes left in the game, you know, you got to go and close those out. And and I think that's where, where Kiefer was talking in his post match about being in shape, being in shape to play 60 minutes two nights in a row and go right to the 60th minute, which is what we needed to do. We didn't. We, we you know, we, we took a little bit of time off in the third period and we paid for it. Um, You know, through the first period, the second period, we got into the blue paint. We didn't have one shot from, you know, the low slot in the the third period. Didn't get in there once, didn't get in the goalie's face, didn't get near the blue paint. So we're not crashing the net, we're not getting greasy rebounds. We've got into this habit, and I think I talked about it on last week's show, about maybe just skating down the throwing in those sort of low percentage shots from the other wings. And, and the stats tell you that, you know, we, I think we've had 10 shots from the, from the right wing in the game. We've hit the target four times. You know, they're low percentage, 40%. You know, you don't score goals against somebody that saves 90% of the shots when only 40% are hitting the target. So, you know, we got to get into those those greasy areas to get these goals. And if you're not going to score the goals, then you've got to defend like hell at the other end of the ice. And I don't think in that third period we probably did quite enough skating we didn't probably match him physically enough and that, that comes down, you know, of course the coach is going to take a lot of fire for the team there. You know, he's, he's, he's taking a lot of blame himself, but we're now a dozen or more games in the season. Yes, it's the, the Champions Hockey League, which we'll probably talk about more after the day. That distraction that I talked about through the season, it's a brilliant distraction. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost out of the way. Where we've got to get back to bread and butter here. Um It's difficult. Look. Want me to make a few excuses? We had a really rough boat crossing with the get on a coach and with the drive up that excuses.
1: We landed in six.
2: Boys are still getting used to um, that style of travel. These boys that play in North America that have come over here aren't used to getting on an early morning ferry on a boat and then playing a game. As the weeks go on and we get more and more of these trips to Scotland under our belt things settle down and you, you get used to going into that routine. And, you know, you can't even blame legs because we came out well, you know, but that that attrition of having, you know, two or three games a week before, the gate in the night that before, all those things are adding up. And maybe, as Kiefer is saying, we're just not in that shape right now, but he's going to get them in that shape. And I'm sure they were on the ice, probably not the next day, but they have been on the ice the following day and they were skated hard this weekend. You know, we've obviously then... To, to come in and talk about, you know, and that, that that disrupts your week. You've got a game on a Tuesday, so you you probably have Wednesday off and you're skating Thursday and you're you're heading off, you're maybe having a light skate on Friday because you have a game Saturday and then you have a game Sunday and then you're traveling Monday to Sweden or traveling possibly Sunday night to Sweden. I'm not sure what the arrangements are. You're playing on Tuesday in Sweden. You're traveling back on Wednesday. You're not getting any ice to Thursday. You have a game Friday, you know. At the minute, we're not getting that focused training rest which is absolutely key to pro athletes rest they're not getting good good training we're not getting good rest and then we're having to play games in between time so as the champions hockey league drifts away here and uh we get back into weekends and the odd week we, we start to get a little bit more structure in their season i'd like to see the mistakes that are made towards the end of the game getting washed out these guys this is a legit team there's there's top quality right through the team. You've seen glimpses of it in different games from different people. When we get that 60-minute performance and you get the buy-in and you get guys playing to the process, Keeper's probably mentioned that in a few of his interviews. You know, not everybody's buying into the process on the same nights. Once everybody buys in on the same night, and I would honestly, if, if, if things don't go well this Saturday, stroke Sunday, I can't remember which way around the Challenge Saturday. Cup, I think the Challenge Cup's the Sunday game, is it, or is it? Challenge Cup first?
1: I think so, No, another thing, it's the Challenge Cup first. Yeah,
2: Challenge Cup first, okay. You know, guys are under pressure here. So let's see how. It's a gut check now, as someone put it on Twitter the other day. Let's see how they re- how they react under the major pressure because it, it, it's a win. A point is required here to go through in the Challenge Cup. So, you know, it's it's a big pressure night for them. Let's see how they react. Glasgow Clan playing pretty well, so. You know the
1: markers are set there to be to be got at, so let's get at them. You're absolutely right. I think just looking briefly before we come back to the, at the uh, at the standings, Dundee Stars top of the group, ten points off the f- full six games. Glasgow Clan four points off five games. Belfast Giants four points off five games. Done uh, five Flyers, four points off six games. The Giants, the Clan, and the Stars have qualified, I think, by virtue of. I don't know why Clans qualified, but I guess they have, by virtue of Games 1, I suppose. I'll have to have oh, a that. Let really anyway, good. let's come back to the Giants. you you, you talking about the mistakes there, Dave And One of the things that pop up is the too many men calls. There were two of them that put us on under the caution. and they go on and score. You know, these sort of things. Let me, let me, come, let me come to that,
2: first of all. Go on. Too many men calls. One too many men call over the course of a season is too many. The, yep. the coaches, the players will all will all tell you that. You know we're, we're in the maybe eight, nine, ten or whatever from the course. Of the, so there is a little issue there which we have to address. But you have got to look at things like, you know, well it's not happened to the other teams, But Dundee uh, on the weekend there are one door guys jumping on and off. I, I don't believe particularly either of them when you see some of the calls last night in the Lille game. <laughs> at where, one point um, there seemed like there were eight Lille players in the game. Yeah. But you know, the the players are are able to go on and off the bench. They're don't touch the puck. You're not really involved in the play. Get on with it. I think that, that both of those could have been, you know, could have been, right, guys, have a quick word with the coach and staff or whatever. Watch yourselves on those changes. But they're just whistled whistled. You know, you, you get on with it. Unfortunately we've taken a few too many, too many men calls. Absolutely no it about that. Something that'll be talked about, something that'll be worked on. Don't know why it's happening, but there there are factors there. As like say Dundee, for example, you can see why you get two calls. You've only one way in, out of the bench, and guys just jumped on too quick. So it's just unfortunate we got called for them.
1: We paid a penalty. am going, Joel. Is there has there been any level of complacency or disrespect disrespectful to the Challenge Cup? Because I think time and time again we've said, and we're very guilty of it in this show. you know about the group stages being there to eliminate one team. We have a possibility here that we could be the team eliminated?
3: I was disrespectful to the Challenge Cup group stage in week one uh of, of the regular season. I I think my exact phrase was that cup game isn't important compared to the league game the next night. I can't remember exactly the setup, but um and and it was it was a it was a roll of the eyes and he and sort of uh, sighed at looking at six games to get out of the group and, and the sort of a hodgepodge way that the groups are decided with the play-in games in the two groups of three. Um, I, I guess there was a degree of complacency, uh, certainly on my part. I, I cannot speak for the team and I wouldn't even try to. Um, I think that, that uh, to, to go back to Davey's point about or, and your point about you know penalties like too many men penalties, stuff like that, um, I think those kind of mental mistakes come under duress. I think you make those kinds of mistakes whenever you're you know squeezing the stick, as, as the old hockey term goes, um you know you're 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 too busy trying to get back into it you're you're uh, you're sort of led by passion as opposed to thinking the game and remaining calm i think those penalties are coming as a as a result of that there's maybe a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of over anticipation to try and, and get things right um in terms of uh, complacency i I don't think that that's an element with the team. I, I think whenever you talk to the coach and whenever you talk to the players, it is drilled into them that they approach every single game in exactly the same professional manner, regardless of whether it's a preseason exhibition, a Challenge Cup group game, a league game, CHL game. And as much as I try to get something out of the head coach, you know, as those little nuggets about maybe uh, seeing one game as more important as the other or looking forward to a game uh, more than one that you've got to play first, it's always been that one red line that the Giants have. The next game is the most most important, regardless of how it is or, or what the setup is, uh, the complacency I think has come on the part of the fan base. and now uh, to borrow Davy's term, it's squeaky bum
1: time. Davy, you, know, you you mentioned about you know the the, the road trips, about the, the the getting the routine, about the the bus legs and this that and the other, but. Yeah, I, we seem to have a problem on the road at the minute. Uh, that's und- that's undeniable. The fact that of uh, the games we've played, we've only got one point achieved in the league, and no other, and um, actually no wins. Okay, challenge sorry, continental. Sorry, not even continental, but Champions Hockey League. That's the competition we're in. Um, um, uh, let's put those to the side. But Manchester, Fife, Dundee. There are three teams that, if you want to compete for any league title or cup title, we need to be going into those rinks and taking a win now. Given there was a great article from Rand Donaldson this week on KingdomOfTheGiants.com, dot com, which I uh, implore people to go and, and read, it was excellent. But he makes a good point that you know the teams that we saw beating Librec, competing with Augsburg, seem far and away different to the teams that we've seen in Manchester, in Fife, in Dundee. Is this a CHL hangover, or as you said, you know, you're sort of shying away from the idea that this could be a little bit more chronic?
2: Um. I think if you look back at the perhaps the Liberates game, the first the first game of the season, if you want to call it that, the, um, it was the first um, game in anger anyway, the season yeah. that came after the four exhibition games. But, you know, we indulged um, each other there in a complete war. And you could see that what way this team was built, it was built with speed, it was built with power, it was built with passion, and it fed off... You know, a great crowd. It fed off getting goals. It fed off getting physical with teams. You can only do that if the the opposition you're playing against wants to play that kind of game. And and Dundee, you know, will sit back, sit back, absorb, absorb, and then you know get into the game. They'll hit you with speed. They'll hit you, you know. Just you're playing. You have to adapt your game against the opposition that you're playing against. And I don't think perhaps that we did that well enough. I think we've been guilty a little bit of of not skating. Um, at times, uh, I think that we were guilty at times of Lilea last night. of maybe just you know we're playing against a on that game, rather We try to stay focused on, on the question, I suppose, Paddy. But key for all learned from from every single game, and they will be putting in the uh, and uh, and drilling into the boys, the, the new guys, especially because they need a bit more from a few of them. There, there's guys showed little bits in. Uh, in those four preseason games, and maybe in the, the first two, challenge or continent or so, you've just done what I did. Same level. Jean Dupuis um, in the last couple of weeks has stepped it right up. He needed that goal to get the monk was his back. Liam Reddick's last night gone to the dirty areas where he went to. remember watching him, and it was either the first, second, third preseason game, thinking he just loves. Getting into that blue paint. he loves driving that. If he does that this season, he's going to score twenty plus goals. And unfortunately, for the, from the start of the season, it could be the guys he's playing with, it could be the you know the, the lines he's playing against, all these different factors, he hasn't been able to get in around that blue paint. Last night he went there twice, got rewarded twice. Well, he went more than two times, sorry, but he got rewarded twice for going in there. He said in his interview, I can't remember. I think it was with Joel, you know, about that's where he gets his goals from. Mm. Maybe that's just a little catalyst for him. So guys just need to get the monkey off their back as they go. Um, you know, points are starting to be shared around well. and Lines are starting. I can see little bits of, of gel going on there. Lines are being more settled than they have been. And, you know, I see good things coming from this team. You've got to kind of rule a line on there last week. You know, it's done now. We can't change it. We have to focus big time now on, on, on the weekend. This is massive. Were, were we complacent? Were we disrespectful? Um, I think it it almost says enough about the Challenge Cup groups that you can go and not win a game on the road, yeah. and go into your last game needing a point to qualify. So there has to be, you know, you have to temper that with, you know, the group stage, as we have discussed, is almost harder to to not get out of. So you know, one point, if you had, a, if, would you have been offered this at the start of the season, say you're going into your final game, you need to take a point, and you're qualified would you have played one game so um, I'm not too worried Um, a bit like Joel there you know he had said he sees good things I see good things in this team defensively we've been pretty good Um, I think you need to get team defence you you can't always blame the 2D men or perhaps a goal in the ice so
1: you know good things to come
3: What's your take Paddy?
1: Um (laughs) Frustration. I think that this team showed in the early games the, how good it could be, how fast it could be. As David, David has pointed out, you know the Liberec game, the game in Augsburg. There's a team that can compete. They can be physical. They can be fast. They can be skillful. There's a team that has it. Back to front, and and some great goalkeepers, Shane Owen. They're strong in they Okay, we, we lost Jesse Forsberg. He's back, played played last night in the CHL. But, you know, there's a team that we know that could compete. So, on the back end of the game in Manchester a few weeks ago, as I said on this very show, despite the loss, the performance was excellent. And um, we were just weren't firing. Uh, they, now we've started to find the go, but there's other aspects that are creeping in that are just maybe. You know, I think it will come good on the road because you know it's this whole idea of the the road warriors. The Giants, over the last five, six, seven years have been known for having a good road, uh, a good road record, and i I've no doubt that that will come good. The level of frustration that's growing now from. The losses that we've had, and the fact that it's Manchester, the fact that it's Fife, the fact that it's Dundee, and it's not Sheffield, Nottingham, Cardiff, a little bit of a worry, slight worry, but thankfully, early in this season, however, would it be embarrassing not to get out of the group stage? Absolutely, have having won back-to-back Cups having one back-to-back cups, going for three in a row, to not make it out of the group stage as a club, as a team, as an organisation, would be wholly embarrassing for the Belfast Giants. And that's why the pressure's on for Saturday. I think they do it. I most certainly can. They should what they could do against the, the Glasgow clan by putting them away. Clan, yes, are in a rich vein of form, but this team is more than capable to pick up exactly what's needed to push us through to the next the next stage. Um, just to wrap this part of it up before we talk about the Lully game, like I say, the Giants do face the clan on Saturday in the first of that doubleheader. They just need a win. Well, they, they, as David said, they just need one point. They need a win. Let's be frank. It's all out for a win, and that, that wraps it up. The highlights of the game against Dundee you can get from Stars TV. The final game we speak about, obviously, is last night's game against uh, Lulee in the... Challenging. I keep doing this in the Champions Hockey League um, a 6-3 defeat for your Belfast Giants uh, Giants goals come from Liam Morgan and two from the man we'll be speaking to later in the show Liam Reddicks, uh, man used to scoring against Swedish teams but well, they came in with six goals and of course they had to come in with six different scores so here we go Jalvantn- <laughs> uh, Jalvanti Jalvanti Tirvanian Farley, yes. that's easy. Kovats, Emmanuel and Eomaki. And if that's not right, listen, Sizz isn't on the show to correct me. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, shots on goal 33 for the chance, 30 for Lulio. I was quite surprised that I'll come back to that. Referees, oh, give me a break. Daniel. <laughs> P- Let's go, Pizzacek, Let's go. Pichasek, yeah. and Liam yeah, So can do that. Uh, Jesse Forsberg was back in the side. Obviously, with the CHL, we can have an extended bench. Um, Davy. I'll start with you. Tough game against a strong opponent. Yeah, you know, apart from being fleet
2: of foot, you know, Lulez passing, there's stick passing, stick to stick, tape to tape, Bang! Instant control, instant pass off again. Little drop passes. The way they were schooled, the way they were coached in that little drop pass, drop, You know, third man coming in and the the opportunities it created. But you know, across the night, we also did pretty well, and we got. I, I talked about our reluctance, perhaps, in Dundee to get in the slot. You know, all three goals: Liam Radix with a couple, who was it? Liam Morgan with the other one. They're all on the edge of the blue paint. We went in and we do that in Champions Hockey League games. We go in there. Actually, I think I said earlier in the show about you know in CHL games we've gone in. We've mixed it. We've got into the blue paint. We've went for those greasy goals. We've came up with nice goals as well. Bobby Farnham, you know, I think it was in the first period, sort of put down that marker, led yeah. a couple of big hits, engaged the crowd in the game because up until then, you know, it was it was quite it was quite quiet. But you know, I think you know if you if you read. Um, Joel's post-match, um, what do you call it? Report. Um, I, I think he, you know, the, the building was electrified or something. He says, you know, it was it was buzzing, and and you know, and it's the hope it kills you, of course. Um, <laughs> <he> thought, <laughs> something, you know, something special happened here. And as Liam Reddick said in his interview, there, you take not even a shift off, you take, you just lose a detail, you lose your gap control, and all of a sudden, bang, the puck was in. Those two quick goals that they scored were devastating. The plays that that hard cross ice pass on the deck that the tip in in front where the goalie can do nothing about it it's quite a hard puck to defend as well they were just they were they were, they were quite nice to watch in terms of I know they were based on us really really badly at times, but to watch that standard of hockey is incredible um that's what you have to aspire to and I think Liam Reddicks was saying that as well you learn so much more in these defeats of you know, he said he's played he's played Le- probably dozens of times in his career, if not more, um, and he says to come with that same style every time, and you've got to learn lessons from that, and, and Adam Keefe is an encyclopedia, he loves, he learns lessons really quick, and he'll take lots of things out of last night game, um, he'll find a lot of positives as well, you know, we, we we did, you know, more or less match them shot for shot, and you know, their goaltender makes a couple more saves than ours does on the night, not down to any, no, I'm not saying that anything down to Ozie at all, I'm just saying that on the night that You know they they took their opportunities when they got them, and yeah, a very very good hockey team, one of the best in Europe. Uh, Absolutely no doubt about that. The champions of the of Europe only a number of years ago, and and perennial you know contenders in this competition. So when you skate with them for you know, whatever it was, 55 out of 60 minutes, you've got to be pretty pleased with your performance.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll hear that uh, that Liam Reddocks interview later in the show. He does say, oh, you know, like God. you say, that it was, we skipped <laughs> for 45, 50, 55 minutes. And I, I just want to pick you up with something there as well, Davey, before I come mm-hmm. to Joel, is the fact you think you think we matched them shot for shot. I actually found that surprising because from my point of view, there, there seemed to be at times a lot more pressure on Ozzy than there was the other side. But But the shot counts tell a different story. I'm just
2: looking at uh, I'm different... <laughs> go, Stat- um, man. Yeah I, my, my hour 34 30 you know so in terms of shots it was fairly even um they, perhaps, in the third period, got a little more. Second, third period, got a little more in the house than, than we did. You know, they got down though. They got in the bottom of the circles inside there in the slot and got good opportunities. First period, we kept them pretty perimeter, kept them to the outside, kept them shooting from, you know, 60-plus feet outside in the circles. But, in, you know, as the game went on, the war is dying. That first goal they got, I think that Shane Ome probably, I think that's Paul Eddie. Whatever talked about it on the show as well last night you know he might want to just the speed of the release maybe full on on that one and uh, you know that got them into the game and, and going and unfortunately for us we just couldn't keep it the, the, I think the score as well on the on the power play towards the end of the game and it's a very very quick release as well it's very quick after the draw as well I think Joel talked about it in his, his report as well um, you know a really really good team Paddy and, uh, but yeah we you know, had shots on target and
1: you know, that's got to be something positive. Uh, Joel, Davey mentioned your excellent game report on com. People can go there and get the post-game interviews as well. But uh, it could have been so different if the Giants did, in that third period, start to rally. Uh, the, Paul Eady uh, backed up what uh, Mr. McGimsey was saying on our own WhatsApp through the game, is that at times we were found to be a little bit defensively lacking. But once mm-hmm. the goals started to come in, then the, then the confidence started to build.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you set me up like that, Paddy, to be honest. Uh, I I was, a little bit of context, I was off seeing one of my best friends get married in Cyprus for the the first couple of home games. So this was my first experience of the CHL in the flesh. And it reminded me of the first time I saw the NHL in the flesh. And and my, my line to Danny was, this is like watching hockey and fast forward. These guys are serious. They do not take a single shift off. The, the second goal they scored, I don't think I've ever seen a one-timer, the puck move that fast off a one-timer. Ridiculous. The, the tape-to-tape passing, it was almost as if there was magnets on, on the end of those, uh, on the stick blades. I just, I, I've just never seen such cohesive, uh, fluid, speedy hockey. And it, it would have been a joy to watch if it wasn't against us. But here's the thing. I have never come away from a six-three defeat feeling so many positives. Uh, you know, the last minute of that game, the the entire home crowd stood up and clapped the team home as they do uh, on the on the last minute coming down to a victory, and that was so telling. I think that we saw that the Giants had kept up with one of the best teams in in, in Europe, in all of Europe. Uh, you look at positives like uh, you know Liam Reddick's finally uh, breaking his kind of snake-bitten phase and, and getting a couple of goals. Uh, the, the Giants, just the grit and determination, the physical nature of how they were playing. Bobby Farnham is a wrecking ball. He's out there trying to kill guys. Kevin Ryan is a, a, such a threat in the neutral zone. He's going to light you up if you get on his tracks. We came away from that game, I think, with tools that we have bagged to to uh, rejoin the domestic campaign uh, fair enough we lost 6-3 and fair enough we did you know uh, go to sleep defensively uh, you know that, that third period they came back into that game with two goals in two minutes and, and we were all stunned on the ice and off but I came away from that game with a sense of pride I think that this team has battle in them and that it will translate sooner or later hopefully sooner to domestic action
1: um David, do you have any frustration on that call on the um what's the face-off violation?
2: Do I have frustration? Certainly. Yeah. Um it's it's something that I've spoke spoken to referees and linesmen about, but um you know, last year or the year before when they brought that rule right in because it was used to just get kicked out and then they never, you know, then somebody else comes in and they never, ever kick out the second man. And it's a bit like that now where there would be a face-off violation. They get their one warning and then they, you know, the player will do the same again. In this instance, they've kicked them out. And it's really frustrating because you could go back through that tape and look at 15 face-offs with similar violations why pick that one? I just don't know. Um, you know, if I if I had the time or the inclination, I would do that. I could get that video. It's just it's it's frustrating. I'm sure the player himself. I think it was Dupai, wasn't it? It that, was. Uh, that he was frustrated because he slammed the stick uh, off um, the the door. Probably quite lucky he didn't take another misconduct yeah, I for that. That myself sometimes the referees, linesmen, cover themselves in glory. They've had a really good game, and then they'll throw out a call like that. And I can't, I can't say that it was the wrong call, but I can say why did they choose at that time to put a team down to three men when they had 15 of those calls during a game that they didn't make. You know, Make them all, set a precedent in the first period, whatever, so players know once you've had your warning, you're getting kicked out. I can only remember it happening once, and I think it happened with Corey Nielsen um, Panthers got a, got a double, got somebody, second skater came in and got three out, and we scored in a power play at the end of the game the win against the Panthers years ago. That's the only other time I can remember somebody getting kicked out for a face off violation. So, you no, know, it happens so rarely. I would ask the question, why does it happen so rarely? If you're going to call them, call them all or don't call any of them.
1: Going to wrap that up there with regards to the CHL. They're looking at Group C, that win for Lulia both made them qualify and also eliminated the Belfast Giants. Uh, Looking at the table, Lulea five games played, 11 points. Augsburger five games played, 9 points. Liberex five games played, 6 points. Belfast Giants five games played, 4 points. One more game to play and that is away next week in the northern reaches of Sweden uh, to face Lulea once again. The highlights are available from the Champions Hockey League on YouTube and on their website. Um, and we also have a bit of a post-game that we held back from last night's game. In a short while, you're here, uh, trimmed down part of the press conference with uh, Adam Keefe and Thomas Berglund. But first up, let's hear from Kevin Ryan.
3: Joined after the CHL defeat to Luleå by Giants defenseman Kevin Rain. Uh Rainer, a quality Luleå side tonight. Can you your thoughts on the game?
4: You know, I thought we, we hung in there for uh, you know a better part of know at least 30 minutes of that game and then uh you know a couple goals against and we were playing from behind the whole game and then we you know find our way back but then of course you know we, we get down a little bit further and and uh you know that's a good team and i thought we played uh played fairly well pretty well it's just you give a team like that opportunities and they're going to capitalize and they did and so we gave them not very many opportunities there's a point in the game it's late where you know i think we were still holding them to below you know I think it was like 25 shots or 20, 23 shots or so like that. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't that the ice was tilted. You know, it wasn't that at all. It's just that when they got their their punches, they, they hit us on the chin. Considering the calibre of your opponents tonight and, and obviously how
3: hard uh, the Giants' decor worked, are there positives that you can take back into domestic action?
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, we, uh, we wake up for big games. And so uh, we've... Uh, Obviously, seeing an inconsistency where uh, you know these CHL games, we're, we're playing against really high caliber teams. We get up for those, we play play really well, and we're able to come together. And you know, we're playing with great habits. And then you know, you look at a, a game like Dundee, and uh, and we're, the quality just isn't there. And the habits that we were able to implement tonight uh, weren't able to, to shine through in that Dundee game. And so, it's about finding consistency. It's about uh, you know showing up every night. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're a team that if we play like that every night, we'll do very, very well domestically. And that's what we've said before in the CHL games previous. So um, just a matter of finding consistency, and getting more out of everybody every night. There's noticeable physical edge to your game uh, this
3: season, particularly a couple of big open ice heads up around the neutral zone. Um, is that something you've been concentrating on?
4: Are you enjoying that side of things? Uh, no, not something I concentrate on at all. It's just uh, you let those things come to you. Uh, if you're like Pelly, uh you, you make them come to you. <laughs> um and so I most uh you know, the last couple of games I've seen a couple of opportunities to do so and and went for it and you know, keep the elbow tight and the the knee in and hope for the best and sure enough. But um no, you know what, I'm I'm trying to play physical on anybody I can and particularly along the walls and, and stuff, but to be able to do it in open ice is uh it's more cool than anything. It doesn't uh doesn't affect much it gets the boys going a little bit and, and that's cool but but uh you know that's another thing that you want to find some consistency at and I think that's something that uh, that uh, we can uh, do a lot more of.
0: yeah I think I think we made a pretty solid game uh, we, had, we had a good defense and we had a good forecheck which which led to that we could win the puck in offensive end and create scoring chances from there and uh we had a three-nothing lead before before the third period, but but I think uh, two two PKs we, we didn't manage to 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 kill them, and but uh, we were back in the game. But lucky for us, we we had a good comeback and, and, and scored the fourth and fifth score pretty, pretty quick, and uh, after that, I think was we, we we had a pretty easy win after that. But but uh, the game could have could have ended uh, different if if they could uh, if they had tied the game and would three-three.
5: Yeah, I mean, it just echoes thoughts there. Um, I thought it was a, a fairly good game. I mean, we understand that we need to be at the best uh, that we can be for a full 60 minutes to be able to compete with a, a team like Lulia. And, uh, you know, I thought there was a lot of parts of the game where we were competing very well and, and, and uh, you know, smothering their offense and, and, and skating with them. Um, you know, that being said, we made some mistakes that, that you can't make against that team and uh, you know they end up in the back of our net and uh, you, you find yourself chasing the game and at a time when we're struggling to create some offense um, you know when we're playing against a Swedish elite league team uh, when you find yourself chasing the game it's, it's not an easy way uh, to, to crawl back into it
3: Coach just quickly um, you obviously came in tonight with a slightly depleted squad and you brought a lot of younger players in and um, what kind of role do you think that the,
0: the players who stepped into the injured players shoes filled tonight? Uh, I think, first of all, it's, uh, we have a good, good jungle players as well, so, so it's, it's a good, uh, good game for them to, to, to use their skills in, in games like this. Uh, we know Belfast, play a physical game, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's good, good for their, their, their improvement in the future to, to play these kind of games, to, to bring the skills in, into tough games and do the best for the team. What are your thoughts on the facilities here in Belfast and on how you've been treated while you were here? It's perfect. It cool. couldn't have been better. It's a ni- nice city to be in, and uh, I didn't expect this to be this nice, uh, actually. So, so, we've been having a couple of Guinness as well. and <laughs> 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 Thanks, Coach.
5: We also have to give a bit of credit to a Swedish league, league team that's that's won the Champions Hockey League before. Um, you know, them being depleted a few players doesn't take anything away from the fact that they have an NHL first-round pick on defense and potential another first rounder up for and, and multiple others uh you know for the guys to step into this after you know coming from dundee and, and stepping into a pace like this and in a game like this and, and compete i mean there was a. don't get me wrong i'm disappointed because I, th- I want us to be at our best for a full 60 minutes it's not always possible um but there was a lot of positives tonight uh you know there was uh, at times i thought that uh, we were the better team um and at times, obviously, we weren't, and that's why we lost.
3: Uh, Coach, just a, a word on uh, these kinds of experiences, being able to galvanise a side. Um, we've seen it before in the Continental Cup and, and indeed in the early CHL games. Do you think that the, the pace at which the, the Giants played tonight and the, the experience of losing mm-hmm. to a, a team of that calibre, do you think it can galvanise them going back into that domestic competition? I hope so.
5: <laughs> um, look, I, I, like I said, I said in the dressing room as well. I was fairly happy with... The effort in most of the game tonight is, to be honest you, it was some individual mistakes that uh, you know, they end up in the back of your net. And when that happens, uh, it's deflating. Um, so we need to find a way to be uh, good for a full 60 uh, on Saturday if we want to have success. Obviously, we're, we're up against basically the best team in the league right now in, in Glasgow. They're in the top form. So... Uh, it's not going to be easy to beat clean We talk about creating offence and, uh, and being able to, to put pucks in the net And we're, we're up against a very good uh, Goalie who's, who's on form right now And we're going to need to find ways to get to him
3: How do you address the final CHL group game? Obviously with qualification from the group now uh, Gone if I'm right uh, how, how do you address that final game? Obviously with your focus being on domestic action To <coughs> keep everybody together and everybody healthy
5: I'm not even thinking about it right now, to be honest. To you. be completely honest with you, um, my sole focus is on Saturday, and 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 then uh, you know, obviously, getting the win and, and putting ourselves in the quarterfinals, and then obviously back to work on Sunday in and, and, and a big league game. You know, and like you said, uh, we we have to find ways to win on the road, and it has to start now. Uh, it's unacceptable so far. Um, and you know, we're looking for our character guys to rise up and and drag this team into those battles, and um, you know I'm hoping to see it on Saturday. You know, after that's done, we'll reevaluate where we're at in terms of bodies and what we look like, and and what type of lineup we can dress on on Tuesday and Lilia.
3: It was worth a shot. Um, just finally, uh, Liam Morgan continues to sort of uh, surprise and defy everyone. Um, What's the dynamic like with Liam Morgan being so young and being in a room full of uh, such experienced guys and then he's kind of pulling team up by his bootstraps drops at times
5: at the moment? Well, first, uh, I mean, he's a very intelligent hockey player. So that's his his number one asset. Is he's in the right spots. He makes nice plays. Uh, he very rarely makes mistakes, um, which automatically as a coach, when somebody's not making any, many mistakes at all, they're gradually going to get more ice time and, uh, you know, he's the guy who came in here who was essentially on the fourth line, uh, was not on the power play, wasn't on the penalty kill, and now he finds himself on the number one PP unit and playing regular top six minutes. And um, that's solely everything that he's gotten he's earned himself. Um, and, and aside from that, he, he's been a great kid here. Uh, he's coming in. he's He's willing to learn. He's asking questions. Um, you know he's he's a big sponge out there, so uh, we're very happy to have him, and and I'm very happy to see the success that he's having, especially in the Champions League. This is a tough quality competition, and it's tough to keep up out there. And uh, he's still having success in this league as well.
1: Time for the results of September's Player of the Month award, sponsored by Phonakab. We put out four nominees to you, and you voted in your hundreds on who you thought was the Belfast Giants' number one player for the month of September. He was presented his award after the game against the Guildford Flames last weekend, and with over 55% of the vote, the the Bridge Player of the Month, sponsored by Phonakab, was Liam Morgan congratulations to him and Joel caught up with him we'll hear that in a second but first of all a big thank you to everybody who voted and thanks to Phonacab for supporting the award as always right let's hear from our player of the month for September here is Liam Morgan
3: joined now by Ivey from the Bridges september player of the month Liam morgan and uh, morgan i know we talked very recently but your thoughts on a, a tight game tonight a 2-1 win over guilford
4: yeah it was a good game we uh we had a lot of chances in the first that we couldn't put in the net and sort of kept them in the game if, uh, if we buried those earlier it would have been a little bit more relaxing of a finish but uh it was good we gutted it out there the last couple minutes on the kill uh everyone's happy in the room
3: uh, and the main reason i to speak to you tonight obviously that of you from the bridge player of the month award and um, do you have a message to the giants fans that voted for you
4: Yeah, awesome. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for the votes, guys. I look forward to next month, hopefully.
1: Time for the Fan Agenda, brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. Next up, well, we've just played a Swedish team. We're travelling to Sweden, as I said on Twitter, the man who probably has the directions on where to go when we play uh, Lulea, having spent so many times at the Vecco Lakers. Uh, Mr. Liam Reddix, how are you? Good, thanks. Good to be on uh, the show. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, we'll start off just with a quick question you know, about the, the last week: um, a good win against Guildford Flames, disappointing in Dundee, and uh, a bit of a battle last night.
6: Yeah, um, you know, we had a. I think we had a really good showing against Guildford at home. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of good things that we that we wanted to bring um, down to Scotland against Dundee. Um, Really, really poor result, um, down there in Scotland. Um, you know, I can't, um, put a finger on, on what it was, but, the the group just didn't have it. Um, and Kiefer let us know. Um, you know, he, he, called us out, um, and, and told us we, we all had to man up. And, and I thought we did that, um, for the most part, uh, last night against Lulu. Um, you know, I, I would say probably 45, 50 minutes of the game we we skated with them, um, and there was maybe eight or nine plays where where we where we lost our focus, or um, you know, just small individual assignments that uh, they they made us pay, and uh, you know that's that's where we lost the game on just
1: small little uh, areas of the game last night. What you you mentioned last night's game and watching the new play, they're they're very fast, crisp outfit. What what is the difference? What do you think the, what do you think the strength is in their game?
6: Well, obviously their speed. Uh, um, you know, the every every guy on that team can skate, um, and, and they can all make plays. So, um, you know, the times they made us pay, I felt like we we got a little too passive. Um, and, and maybe respected their speed a little too much. Where, whereas when you're, when you're playing a team like that, you got to be up in their face. you got to have courage to, to close the gap. And it's not just, it's, it's not just you know, defenseman's gap. It's, it's five-man units uh, working together to be up in their face. Um, you know, they do a lot of pullbacks and um, try and generate speed and space. And, and if you're not up there, or you don't, um, you know, recap when they, when they pull back, you, you get yourself in trouble. Um, you know, and I, I've, I've been watching a couple of the clips, uh, from the game yesterday, um, throughout the day today, and, um, that was a big, big thing I saw was, was when we lost our gaps. um, you know, they, they hit us with speed and, and made us pay
2: and Stevie here. I'm th- obviously just touching touching on last night and what you're saying there about the sort of eight or nine kind of plays that w- that we we didn't not that we took them off, but that we lost concentration or whatever you put it there. You know, is yeah. that the is that the essentially the difference between the result last night? You know, um, just speed of thought from the Swedes' actual speed in terms of their their actual speed as well. You know that the difference that we have to make up in these CHL games is so small you just can't take a
4: shift off
6: yeah I mean it's it's tough cause especially with a team like Lulia Lulia is a special team in that they are, they are so structured and so drilled they do the same thing every time I've played them every time I've played Lulia it's been the same kind of team it's been the same kind of game they don't take nights off and they don't take shifts off um, something we can we can really look at and learn from, um, because that consistency in their game is is extremely difficult to play against. Because it is just one, it's it's a ten second span where it, if if you're not fully engaged in in the uh, in that part of the game, it ends up in the back of your net.
2: Liam, we we were talking about um, heading over Dundee, the Scottish trips that we've had so far this season. We we're talking about them earlier in the show, and a lot of the guys, of course, will be used to you know rigorous travel schedules wherever they've played in the world. But coming into Northern Ireland, having that, you know, the the game on a Saturday night, you're trying to get home. You're probably still wired up a bit. You're trying to get rest. Early morning start for the boat, long boat trip, long bus trip. Just getting off the bus, getting a coffee, and getting ready to go. It's not an ideal, and I'm not trying to set up an excuse. We've always said we're not a, a, you know, we're no excuse organization. But is that a factor at the minute as the guys learn? That's what those trips are going to be like, and as the trips go on, you know, we we'll get better at that kind of travel.
6: Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's it's a new it's a new experience, a new variable um, involved in um, you know getting prepared for for the games. Um, with that being said. Dundee life, they did the exact same thing. Um, And I don't know if they have more guys returning or what, if that was a factor, but um, it is something that a lot of us will have to learn. um, And we will. Um, I think a big thing is just mentality and um, focusing on the things you can control, Uh, being a good pro and, and showing up and, and doing the things you need to do um, to have your best effort every night, whether it's a, a Saturday at home or a Sunday after five hours of travel, um, ferry and bus uh, up to Scotland. So, um, you know, we'll we'll use those uh, those first couple of games up to Scotland as, as lessons, and and um, you know, hopefully, learn from them and uh, be better for it
3: uh, going forward. Reds, it's Joel here. Uh, We spoke last night, obviously, post-game, and you speak well again just now about... As well. But um, I would love to, if you don't mind, just focus in on, on you just to, as a player. Uh, this this was something I asked your your old Oilers teammate, Jim Vandermeer, on the show. Uh, and I'd love to mm. hear your thoughts. You know, you've, you've got 100 NHL games under your belt, 386 SHL. Um, those are elite prospects numbers. And if they're wrong, Davey's going to crush me. But um, do you still wake up on a game day with that same fire to play and to win? Is that even possible? D- does it become harder to stay hungry after having played at the top for so long?
6: Um, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, sometimes you wake up and as you get older, you're a little bit more sore. Um, you got other stuff going on, and, um, you know, maybe some days you got to, you got to trick yourself going in, going into <laughs> a game. Um, you know, continuously tell yourself, you know, to, to try and get going. Um, but once once you get on the ice and you get that first contact, or you get guys, you know, breathing down your back, the the competitive nature just kicks in. Um, you know, most of us have have played at a at a top level, and that's because we are competitive individuals. Um, and you know, maybe the maybe the lead up to the games are a little different than what they used to be when I was younger. In terms of um, you know the nerves and um, the the adrenaline, I guess leading up to a game, but once you get on the ice, it's um, it's pretty much all the same since since day one. Competitive Can person, I, I want to compete. I want to win.
3: I, I want to talk to you just that you know you, you referenced that you know talking about being younger and the nerves and whatever. Uh, you scored your first NHL goal in 2008 uh, in a game against the, the Colorado Avalanche, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and that was only your second ever game in the show. Do you remember much about that, uh, or was it like an out-of-body experience? Can you tell me what it feels like to score your first goal in the NHL? Tell tell the mere mortals what that's like. Uh,
6: <laughs> I do remember it. Um, it was a a rebound off the, the backboard and um, just popped out to me. I was driving the net. And- was able to, to lift it over uh, Buddha, I, I think it was, in that um, I remember doing one. I, I just did a simple celebration, and then I, I don't even I, – I ended up in the other corner on my knee doing another celebration. There was like a channel. <laughs> it felt like ten seconds that I don't even remember, but I sallyed in one corner, ended up in the other corner. I was still selling. It was
3: just uh, a really unbelievable moment. Don Cherry would have hated you so much.
6: Hundred <laughs> <100%, 100%. laughs> percent.
1: Gotta go to, gotta go to Twitter. Um, got a lot of questions in. Um, uh, let's start with. Well, I see that there's one from Abby McKenna about the boat and bus trips. I think Davies covered that, so just name check her on that. Uh, Ryan when what was your expectation of the standard and quality of the league, and has your opinion changed since playing your first few games?
6: Um, you know what i i I thought it was going to be um good hockey, um, just from playing against Cardiff the last couple of years in the. The Champions League and, um, you know, Glasgow before that. Um, but I didn't realize how good it was from, from top to bottom. I recognized the top teams, um, could play. I'd spoken to, to players that, um, play in the league and have played in the league. Um, and they expressed that, you know, every team has a couple good, quality lines that can play but i didn't actually um realize how good from top to bottom how how good the league how good the league is i mean everyone can skate everyone can play and and everyone competes hard so um it's been a challenge um different different style of play different tempo of play than i'm than i'm used to but um you know slowly i'm trying to pick up uh, different things, different trends in the game to to try and um, improve my game and and uh, you know help the
1: Giants be the team that that we expect to be. Did the game last night give you any sort of a comparison tool? You know, the way you said we skated with them for 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 forty fifty minutes. Did it did did it give you to show you the comparison? Given that you played in that league for so long. Um.
6: The comparisons, or I, I um, as in, I'm I, kind
1: of missing the. As in, you know, you haven't skid with the Giants for for a number of weeks, and then being able to put them against a team that you would have faced week in week out over the last eight years. Was it? Did did it give you an idea as to you know it was as close or as far away as what you expected? Um, no, I mean, I thought it was a. I thought it was,
6: it showed how, how good the, you know, the the British League is, mm-hmm. um, because we did skate with them for 45 minutes. Um, the big thing that pisses me off is that <laughs> we can skate with a team like Lulia, who's one of the best teams in, in Europe. Yeah. And then we can't pick and choose when we do that. You know what I mean? We need to do that all the time. And, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's something, that's, that's, Uh, a character and identity thing that we're trying to build in the room. Um, And uh, I think it's something that, that we've really spoken about lately and and something that we're, that we demand of each other. And we're going to continue to demand of each other going forward here. We don't pick and choose when we play. Uh, We show up and uh, make it a hard night every night. uh, Win, loss, draw. We, uh, we make the, we make the opponents pay the price.
1: I was going. To, I was going to ask another Twitter question there. Before I do, I just want to latch on to that comment that you've made with regards to. It, it sounds from the way you're talking, you hold as much frustration as we do, obviously as as fans. Is the something we spoke about earlier in the show, which is that road form is finding that sort of because obviously we're yet to win a game on the road with a big game coming up on Saturday. You know, where does that mentality change? Is it change in the room or does it change in the ice?
6: Um, it's just a bit of everything. Um, and I think it's just a mentality. Even, I mean, we've gotten the results on, at, on, on home ice. Um, but consistency is, is something that, you know, every team struggles with at, at times. Um, every team goes through it. And, you know, if, if you can be a consistent team, like the team we just played last night, uh you know more times than not you're gonna get the results. Um so it's just trying to do whatever you can to to bring it every night. Uh like I said earlier, whether it's you know, tricking yourself leading up to the game or um whatever you have to do to be ready to play on the road at home. Um, you know, put your best foot
3: forward to to try and to try and help your team. I'll hope the guy next to you be better. Reds, I'm going to go back to, to Twitter here and take it off ice for a second. I think one thing that Giants fans are always fascinated by um, uh, when a player comes is is their perception of the city. Uh, we've got a couple of questions from from Matthew Harvey and from Matthew Bill also kind of along the same lines. You know, Have you enjoyed Belfast so far? What tourist attractions have you visited? What's your typical uh, day off for you? You're obviously here with family, so it's not the same as maybe some of the younger guys. Is there anywhere in Belfast that um, you have seen and you've enjoyed or anywhere that you still need to tick off?
6: um well I, I love love the atmosphere down in the city center um it's just a real cool feel uh, a little smaller than than where I'm from Toronto but um just the people um just so friendly the atmosphere it's alive uh the live music um, just a really cool feel that uh you know my whole family has enjoyed um in terms of some sites i've seen we we took the family down to uh the giant's causeway we did uh Bush Mills. um we went up we did the north coast drive along, beautiful. along the coast there which was which was beautiful i had one of my boys <laughs> Being sick in the back with all the oh concerns. beautiful so,
1: yeah.
6: <laughs> the tree experience so once he, once on he the got over coast. the car sickness he was okay but um you know we had to pull over and, and clean up the mess but it was a beautiful drive um, that 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 uh, going up the north coast there was uh seeing the causeway and everything was uh, yeah the main thing we've done since we've been here.
3: That's the one thing I force any friends from overseas to do when they get here. Um, I'm from a, a not so nice town on the edge of it called Larne, but it, it's the start of that drive and it gets a whole lot better as, as you go North. Um, there's one more thing I would, I would love to ask you. Uh, I was I was digging through your elite prospects as I often do with with the guests on the show. Uh, Ryan Whitney of the second best hockey podcast in the world, Spitting Chicklets, is another guy you suited up with in Edmonton. Uh, is his new career with Barstool Sports a surprise to you? Having shared a locker room with him, was he the one keeping the boys entertained in Edmonton?
6: Uh, always been always been a witty character, uh, so I can't <laughs> damn surprised that he's having the success he is doing doing the pause, podcast he always had the he always had the boys and stitches um you know always always good for a joke um
3: you got any uh, ryan whitney uh, stories was, for me part of me you got any ryan whitney stories or are they all for uh a view from the bridge after dark
6: oh i i don't know if i can i can share any <laughs> of the stories that i have on the website. that's okay to,
3: that's okay i'm I'd not have gonna force afford-
6: him a text and and see if he'd allow me to reveal any of it. <laughs> <laughs> we look
3: forward to your next appearance, then.
1: On that, on that note, Liam. This is, obviously, you know we've got these games—two games against the uh, two games against the Glasgow Clan this weekend. The, the cup yeah. game, which is uh, like a game seven for, for us to go after that retention of the of the trophy, uh, the league game, and then the trip to Sweden uh, midweek. Are you, is that one you're looking forward to getting back over there?
6: Uh, first and foremost is, the the games in Glasgow, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, it's actually real cool for, for me being that it is a, a game seven sort of feel, uh, do or die. I mean, we have, uh, lots of family in the stands, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, they're all, they're all from Glasgow and surrounding areas. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then obviously to be able to get back to to sweden um you know spent eight amazing years in, in that country um went there as uh just uh a, a young boy with with a girlfriend and and left there as a man a family man so um it's gonna be real fun to to get back there um you know and play playing sweden um but like i said uh we got we got a job to do here, uh, domestically before we, we start thinking about um, you know, enjoying the trip to
1: Sweden. Well, you mentioned there. My last question is you mentioned there, you be being a family man, how are the kids enjoying Giantland?
6: Love it. They love it. Um yeah, it's amazing. Amazing to see every day. Um, picking my kid up at school and big smile on his face. Um just settling in so nicely, and uh, you know, it makes my adjustment to to Northern Ireland so much better. Knowing that that he's having such a great time here.
1: Fantastic, listen, mate, We really appreciate your time, and uh, good luck this weekend up with the trip to um, with the trip to Sweden.
6: Okay, great, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks again to Liam Reddicks. Right, let's briefly, because we've three games to cover, then things do seem to get away from us. But let's briefly look around the league. Um, The clan, since being defeated by the Giants and the Devils in the same weekend, they've gone unbeaten uh, with wins in Nottingham, Sheffield and Manchester on the way. And they've qualified for the next stage of the Challenge Cup. And they're on a bit of a hot streak. So who are they going to play next? Oh, right, that's us away on Saturday. (laughs) Um, Panthers and Steelers. This weekend, uh, two defeats for the Panthers, who have two wins from six in the league and two wins from five in the cup. And both the Panthers actually and the Steelers are ringing the changes. Uh, David, you know, I know you don't really care, but they, but their teams that, especially the Panthers, four wins out of eleven. That's 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 harsh.
2: It's it's always tricky there. It's new coach in there, isn't it? New new yep. coach, new Tim um, Wallace. Head of Hockey Ops as well there and Guy to set. So, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep or, you know, fawn any, you know, sort of anxiety at the Panthers not doing well. But, you know, all these teams, they're very, very quick to um, to shovel somebody out the door and that's what they've done. They've obviously said that the face didn't fit, you know, for either party and, and good luck to them. And I suppose that's a nice way to, to you know, to sever a dealer and, and rather than you know, be, let things drag on and fester in a locker room. that'll be troubling for them. You know, we, we haven't started brilliantly ourselves. We've started okay in, in elite league, obviously, but um will want to be you know coming out this weekend with a bit of focus. But um yeah, Steelers, Panthers, they're always teams that'll make changes very,
1: very fast whenever they feel they need to. In the in the Champions Hockey League, elite league consolation place, um the Cardiff Devils got beaten nine two in Forlunda, but still actually have a vague hope of really? qualification. If they uh if they beat Forlunda in Cardiff Bay next week, which is a tall task but not beyond the wit of man. Um but the game in the CHL comes after a loss in the cup against the Blaze at the Skydome again, Joel?
3: I am only just going to say that may God help us all if they manage to upset Ferlinda and Cardiff Bay because we will never hear the end of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my only other take that I've got for you on this, Patty, is that, that Ben Bounds save that everybody has been absolutely losing their beans over. Stop this from being a- 10. Was was just a bad shot. It wasn't even
1: <laughs> But, but Davy says that. Uh, I, like, don't get me wrong. I think it's a good save. Argue like it is a save that stops them from being beat by double figures. But Davy <laughs> Davy agrees with you, Joel. I'm just not having it. <laughs> you no,
2: know, Dave. Uh, he, like Tyler Beskarwani comes up with an unbelievable save. A similar kind of thing Un- in the unbelievable. Um, be- <laughs> this guy. This guy. It's similar kind of thing in the, the Continental Cup last year. I'm, you know, it's a desperation from the goalie. He, he's 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 maybe been trying to save something off the right post, and he's it's it's been put across that Royal Road, and it's a one timer, and all you can do is is throw a glover whatever at it and hope it goes in. And in that case, it did. It goes into that big catch into that big catching mitt. But you know, it's desperation. The goalie has to put himself there to save it. But really. Really, a, a, a an elite skater should be poaching that. But who knows? You know, credit to him. I'm not really bothered about the Cardiff Devils. You can see that. You know, even with their within their fans, they're saying they're getting beaten by Cardiff. And they're like, oh well, we have won more games in the Challenge Cup than you have won in the CHL. Take care of your own business. I don't care what you win, as long as in April we finish above you. <laughs>
1: people
2: <laughs> do whatever you people want. actually saying that do whatever you want in October. Does I somebody, haven't handed
1: any trophies in the UK com- in October for a long time. Oh, it's ridiculous. I uh, gotta love it. Twitter nonsense. It? Anyway, um, the WHF ratification on rule changes took place. Uh, mm-hmm. Rule 150 to go interference, Rule 96 goals off the skate, and Rules 120 and 165, which I know everybody's. T- t- Checking their WIHF rule book, but that's to do with throwing a stick or object. These will be taken by the elite league and their case book amended if needs to be to cover that. Cover that. Actually, the elite league has, for the past two seasons, already used the the WIHF interpretation concerning goals scored off the skate. Um, it's already using the NHL netminder interference standard, but it will. the uh, one notable change will be the rule adjustment concerning broken and dropped sticks. The Elite league casebook has been updated to reflect the double IHF rule change, which is also explained on the website in the video. Um, Davy, you're a rules guy. Your thoughts?
2: Interesting that uh, we talked on last week's podcast when you were away about the, I think it was Sheffield-Cardiff game. Yes. Um, The Sheffield D-man, whose name escapes me at the minute, um, skated over to uh, drop a lost stick by the goalie and has, has shot it back to him and taken a two-minute uh, minor. I think it's a legal equipment that's called that it penalty. Is, yeah. um, and took the two-minute minor. Don't know whether Carter scored on the penalty or or, or what, but took the two-minute penalty. And David Grant had actually, as a goaltender, put it out on Twitter, does anybody know the rule? And the rule, until last week, hadn't been adopted by, or, or sorry, was, it was the standard IHF rule that you had the hand the stick back so he, the, the D-man could have picked the stick up, carried it over, handed it, the goalie got on with it. If you shoot it over, it's a penalty. But the rule has now been changed by the by the elite league that you can now shoot the shoot the stick back to your goalie, your D-man, whoever. If they've lost their stick, you can, you can fire back to him as long as it doesn't become involved in a play or, or hit a puck or hit a player. or anything. It has to go straight to, you know, without causing any interference to anybody or anything. So, you know, it's a little change that... Um, it's too late for, for Sheffield if they conceded a goal and lost the game in the Cardiff. we would
1: have to look and see whether there was a goal scored on that play or not. It'd be funny if it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Um worthwhile if you if the the, the elite league has produced a case book for all of these, or so something that have been crying out for 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 generations, uh, to have a casebook or uh, a book. So, uh, before uh, I encourage people to to go to the Elite League website and find out about that. The, these double IHF book changes were actually ratified in Rome, as all good rule changes should. Uh, they were they're part of the semi annual <laughs> conference, which also included an audience with the Pope for delegates. Moving on. Moving architects. Mo- moving on. Moving swiftly on. Um, before. <laughs> you know backwards that we <laughs> Is that legit? Yep, there was there was there was absolutely there was a an audience with the Pope for the deli, WIHF delegates at Vatican City. Big hockey guy. Big hockey, yeah, loves it. Loves it. Big, hockey's massive out there. Um Peter Cech has uh completed his move from Arsenal Football Club to the Guildford <laughs> Phoenix. Uh, it was one of the big money moves that's taken place in sport and it was announced today that he, he will be with the Guildford Phoenix, who are one of the under teams for the Guilford Flames, that he'll be with them for the rest of the season. We wish him well. Uh, maybe and we'll see him in the, the early league. league. You'll, see, you'll see him more than the Pope anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so glad I brought that up. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's look ahead to this weekend. Clan Doubleheader. Saturday 7pm Challenge Cup Sunday 6pm Elite League at Brayhead. There's no online coverage other than what you can get on Twitter. If you're not going there, keep an eye on IVFTB. We'll try to point you in the right direction. And then on Tuesday at 5pm live on Free Sports with Murph and Paul Eady from the Coop Norbutton Arena in Lulia. It's that final CHL game of the group stages. Um. It's going to be a hell of a week, Joel.
3: Win and win out is the only thing we can do this weekend. You know, you... you you can come out of this weekend uh, having dug a much deeper hole or you can come out of this weekend having answered a lot of questions about yourself. Uh, the boys know what it takes. The coach knows what it takes. And goodness knows he has referenced it and been very open and very frank and honest about it in post-game interviews. Working on the road into an increasingly difficult building to get a win in, and especially this season. Um, I don't know what kind of magic sauce Zach Fitzgerald is sprinkling over that team right now, but... Uh, they're finding it very, very hard to lose a game. Uh, we need to not take a single shift off. Uh, bang bodies, get in front of the net. Like so many guys are saying, like Liam Reddix has said, uh, go go to that uh, go to that blue paint and get things happen. Uh, I, I don't doubt that we have it in us to come away with a four-point weekend. You know, that's what I expect from a trip to, to Glasgow slash Brayhead. Um, but they're definitely the hot team at the minute, and, and we'll give them the respect that, that they're owed for now. Um, but I, I, I look at, I, I can't, expect anything else other than a clean sweep this weekend. Uh,
1: Davey, I think what we'll find on uh, let's say the clan are on a hot streak and what we'll find out on Saturdays with the Belfast Giants can step it up on the road and are the clan actually on a hot streak or are Sheffield on Nottingham absolutely rubbish? <laughs> no? Sorry, was that a question? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Corey Nielsen. That. I know you don't like this he's, part of the show, he's but not, you know. They're smarting about their own thing. <laughs> I'll, oh. tell, I'll tell
2: you what I'll do. I have written down on my on my book here, on can't my diary that kn- I've got open on the. Can't believe you just nailed something. I, well, I, I didn't really. You were breaking up a wee bit, so I didn't really get what you were saying. I was trying to get the gist of it, but I wasn't sure you were framing it in the equation. But um, uh, on my diary page that it's open here, Sunday the 18th of December 2011, I'm going to write down. What the three games results will be, and if I'm right, I'll put it on the WhatsApp. But I don't want to talk about it now. I'm pretty sure and know what the results of the next three games are going to be. The 18th of December, 2011. Yeah,
1: it's an old, it's an old diary. Just oh, right. An old diary sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right, I you right, you're going to write them down. Are we going to revisit them next week? We
3: we need to we need to see it like a video sealing it in an envelope. Let's let's do this above board here.
1: Hang on, let's
2: do this above board. Just stay on. Open your this WhatsApp. Is, or- this is okay, great. Okay. This is I'm great gonna podcast open, content. Podcast, me. I'm going
3: to
1: open my WhatsApp. Okay, yeah, what we got for,
3: for the benefit of everyone at home. We have a
1: WhatsApp group. <laughs> okay, okay, I see. I see that we've. I see we've got. I think the last one is pretty much picks itself there David. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're hardly missing. Okay, Uh, so yes, Clan Doubleheader, Saturday 7pm and Sunday 6pm over in the Brayhead Shopping Centre, next to Pre-Mark as you're walking through, Uh, pick up some new underpants, Um, Twitter coverage at AVFTB, Lulia, Champions Hockey League away, the Coop Norbutton Arena, I assume that's how it's said, Uh, Tuesday 5pm local time and that is live and exclusive on Free Sports. Any other business, boys?
3: Uh, let's give a big shout-out to our very own Simon Kitchen for stepping in at literally zero minutes and doing the announcing uh, during the Lulia game last night. Uh, not not an easy gig, especially with some of those surnames, the pronunciations, uh, but uh, whenever he was announcing the team uh, pre giant skate-out, I was ready to run through a wall. He was in full Yas mode. Honestly, I didn't think he was going to get past the fourth player. I thought his voice was going to go, but... <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that was in a dancing game, game. We're We're great. <laughs> it was special, and he rocked it. So well done, Arsen. Thanks very
2: much for turning up.
1: I was, I had it, obviously had it on TV, and I think you saw it from the WhatsApp I sent at the time. Because when the um, the giant scored, was the first time I had heard him. And I was like, that that says <laughs> sounds familiar. That's Siz. <laughs> I said, I turned, to, I turned to Joanna. I was like, that that Sis on the arena mic. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, are you sure? I went, it is. It definitely is. So I just like t- sent you boys a message and then I heard it again. Oh, that's Siz." That's, 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 so yeah, fair play to you. Well done, Siz, Well done. You know, David McCamond off on Galaxy's Edge and all the, the Disneyland, Animal Kingdom, so, all that sort of stuff on his honeymoon. You know, we may as well take it. Yeah, needs get, to
3: get his priorities straight.
1: Get, 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 uh, get Siz on the job. No better man for it. Dave, you got <laughs> I do. Um, in the
2: last week, it was announced that um, ice hockey player Mark Garside is going to have a testimonial. Oh yes, on the eleventh of February. Let's go. Um, so tickets and names and stuff and will be announced. I'm sure in in, in due time. T-shirts are available. Great ice hockey player T-shirts, ten pounds from the um, the OSC desk, I believe. But The one thing, and I don't like doing this because I've scuttled a few people with stats in the past. This weekend, we'll see Gary Garside play his 500th game for the club, which is just exceptional. Um, And he's only like 27 or something. And, you know, imagine most of his career through injury how many games he would have played. (laughs) You know,
3: and absolutely. Where does that put him in the all time list, David?
2: Uh, right up there. Um. <laughs> right up near the top.
3: Statistically speaking, he's right up there. <laughs> so statistically speaking, there's only two players that play more than 500 games, so who are they? Paul
1: James and Graham, Graham Walton. I'm
2: the stat man <laughs> <laughs> um, So Colin Cesar and Walton have played over 500 games for the club They're the only two So he's joining a pretty illustrious band there You know, he came in as a as a kid with a few games on his belt Over a few seasons in Edinburgh whatever He formed one third of one of the best lines that's ever played for this club hey, in, And you know, with Kiefer and Loiter, That line terrorised the league for a few years Freaking ball You know Gary went in the circle, won the puck, and let those guys get down to business. He, he's always gone about his work in a quiet and unassuming way. And, you know, the way he's converted into a D-man and he's fitted in with Kevin Reiner, or whoever he's played with, he just keeps it sim- simple. You know,
1: Gary and put you know, it off. Took the puck started... off the line last night, didn't he? The puck goes through, it looks yeah. like it's going across the line. He has the he presence did, of mind did. to put the puck behind it and just push it into Uzi.
2: Brilliant. He's got that, but he, he's also started to bring a little bit of. You know, fast transition. He skates well. You know, one of the big advantages of Gary's game is that he skates so well, and that you know he's got an eye for a pass. He's he's just good positionally on the ice. If he wasn't like I know I joked earlier, if he wasn't made of glass, he would be. You know, he wouldn't be playing in the elite league for sure. Um, he'd be playing way way higher. He's, he's just got a little bit of quality about him. It tells you, you know, the the ability that he has that he could be so good playing as a forward that he would get selected for Team GB and a coach would see something in him that he could turn him into a D-man, and he would go and get picked for Team GB. I'm saying, I'll I'll put it there, I think at the minute, he's right up there in terms of GB defenders. He he writes himself into that GB squad, and if he hadn't been injured, he would have been playing for GB at the words last year, and I hope he goes this year because it's recognition for a great career, and I'm really pleased that he's he's getting a testimony. It's hard to believe he's been here 10 years, but you know, he's got plenty left in the tank yet,
1: hopefully. Yep. The eleventh of February is the date for the testimonial. Get it in your diary, get the tickets sorted out, get yourself down to that. It's gonna be a hell of an event. Um and on that note we're going to wrap things up. Big thanks to Liam Reddicks and to Kevin Ryan, Adam Keefe and uh, Thomas Bergland in regards to the post-games. Um, also to Liam Morgan for his input is also. Uh, those games again this weekend, like I need to tell you, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, clan doubleheader, Saturday 7pm Challenge Cup, Sunday 6pm Elite League both away from home at the shopping centre in Brayhead uh, on Twitter and the likes for all the information on those and next Tuesday 5pm live and exclusive on, live and exclusive on free sports in the Champions Hockey League um, big thank you to Mr. McGempsey and Mr. Joe.
3: Thanks boys, pleasure as always Cheers, cheers
1: You can get us at AVFTB on Twitter kingdomofthegiants.com for the post-games sound and all the post-game interviews, post-game write-ups, articles and the likes. Also on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB and uh, you'll get the podcast of course on your favourite podcast app and on the Cool App wherever you are this weekend or next week if you're going to Glasgow or if you're flying north to Sweden we really hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the bridge Sports Social Podcast network.